Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. Scott Morris in for Jeff. Yeah, I'm, I'm real happy for that Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan living in wherever that was, Wisconsin. Well, good for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, what a rough life you've got right now. One of the real tough things the last two weeks, and I don't know if others are like me, in that the the further removed we get from the NFC Championship game loss the more I'm bothered by the loss. And it probably is just tied to all the attention ramping up with Sunday's game. But, for example, usually on our multi-screen monitor here in the studio, we have news, we have DOT, we have a radar for the weather. And then there's another screen where you can put anything you know, anything you want on. It's, it's just a regular cable TV. And usually I'll put up something sports. Now, when I'm working WTMJ nights... From 6 to 9, there's usually a game somewhere. So I'll just have it on in the background. No volume. Just it's on. So I thought, well, I'll just throw up one of the sports channels here. Try them all. Your ESPN 1, your ESPN 2, ESPN U, ESPN News, all the other ESPN platforms. All of it is Super Bowl coverage. Then I turn on Fox Sports. All of it is Super Bowl coverage. I can't escape it. You can't escape it. And I have... I have very little stomach for it. I, I just I, I don't handle this well because I can't help but watch all of this and in my mind go, could have been the Packers. They could be talking about Aaron Rodgers. Instead of talking about Tom Brady, they're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Instead of talking about um, the Tampa defense, they'd be talking about the Green Bay offense and the way Matt LaFleur has been able to develop and cultivate this offense into something that is 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 championship caliber. So then I play those games in my mind, and it's just frustrating because every Super Bowl-related topic or story is only a reminder. It's only a reminder that the Packers are not there. So whether it's that, whether and then and then here, and then we're talking to the 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 one Tampa Bay fan in the state of Wisconsin and how he has been he has been mocked and ridiculed. Duh, I feel real sorry for you, buddy. Real sorry. See, I can't escape it. I'm trying to avoid, that's my point, I'm trying to avoid any and all Super Bowl-related content, topic, discussion, imagery, and I can't escape it. Even when I don't turn it on the television, I got it in our own our own newscasts. Jordan Gazerowski pulling double duty. Double duty. Oh, man, need the caffeine right now. I can't. I just, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. You, most most normal fans, the the further removed you get from the game, the less it stings. Not me. It stings. It always will sting. It's right up there with all the other stinging, heartbreaking, real heartbreaking playoff losses in the past. So well, I, for me, I can get over it, you know, for a week. But when you know when you get closer to the game, the uh, Super Bowl, then it's like it's all on, the memories come yes. back, and it's just, oh man, that could have been us. And I will tell you right now. I will not be watching the Super Bowl intently. I will be flipping around. 
You, it's a Sunday, so I'm going to have my Law & Order SVU marathon on USA. Again, I think I've seen all those episodes at least twice. There's something about that series that just, it just, it's just great. Dick Wolf knows what he's doing with Law & Order. So I'll have that. Maybe we'll get a little Hoarders marathon on, uh, was that A&E or something like that? Oof, you talk about, oof. you think your life is rough or bad? That's all. That, that'll that put things in perspective. Maybe, maybe I'll come across um, my 600-pound life and see how Dr. Now is able to help these people who are 627 pounds turn their lives around. That'll get me going. Super. Bowl, I'm not going to turn on the Super Bowl, sit there and watch. Now, I'll flick, I'll flick around. If it's a close game late, and I did this last year when the Packers lost in the NFC title game, if it's close late... Then I will watch. But it's not as if I'm turning it on for all the pregame pomp and pageantry <laughs> and then watching it through the entire game. Now, if it's close, I'll tune in. Otherwise, it will just be another stop in my channel surfing Sunday. I think your Sunday is going to be very depressing. Maybe a little puppy bowl. Puppy bowl. Now, is that Saturday or Sunday? No, that's Sunday. That's Sunday. That goes on. Super bowl. No, that goes on during the Super Bowl. Yeah. That the Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, one of those things. No, it runs simultaneously with the Super Bowl. So that if people are not football fans, they can watch the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Cudahy would rather watch it. Yeah, it would. And so will I. So, And then we're going to talk about the ads, which we all know now ahead of time. I, I just... I don't know. I can't get jazzed over the Super Bowl ads. It's, I think that that is kind of... It's just worn off over time. They release them ahead of time and all that stuff. That's how I'm spending my weekend. That's what I'm going to do. Not even going to have any guacamole around me. Not even going to have any guacamole around me. Okay. You know what we could do? Maybe, you know, we could do. We could have a show. We could have a show and then potentially for those of us who don't want to watch or listen or pay any attention to the Super Bowl itself, we could just have a show and talk. Talk about anything other than football on Sunday. Would you like that? Would you like me to come on the show? Would you like me to just, I don't know what we have on Sunday, at like 5 o'clock, I'll just, I'll just come on the radio and we'll just have a, it'll be a, anything but Super Bowl related content. No, I, I really do think there's something, I'm changing topics, I really do think there's something related to the to the discussion we were having uh, with Steve Scafidi about the weather. Do you not feel as if? Oh wait, hang on. Is this is is, is Mark going to lament with me here? He's he, he's okay. Hold on. All right, we'll get to the weather in a second. Mark, do you want to hang out on Sunday instead of watching this game? Uh, we can shed tears together. Uh, there, there actually is a condition related to the Packers' loss. It's PSTSD, post-season traumatic stress oh. disorder. We get flashbacks whenever we think about that game. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's gonna painful. St- it's going to sting forever. It, it just always will. It just, it, it's there. And I, any, any football I see between now and the beginning of next season is only going to be a stark reminder of what could have been. That's that. That's the problem. We won't forget it, but maybe one day we'll be able to move on. Do you realize, Mark? It has been ten years. This is the ten-year anniversary 
of the Packers win over the Steelers in Dallas for that championship. Oh, you're making years. me feel old, man. You're making me feel old. It's been a decade already. All right, Mark. Well, uh, we'll brave Hang it together. There. Thank you, pal. You too. We'll brave it together. We will. We'll be strong together. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Now we're done. Not going to talk Super Bowl anymore. Although I do have a Tom Brady-related question that I maybe was going to do. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. But can can I ask all of you real quickly here? At 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Do you feel, and I don't know if you've done the research like Steve did, do you also feel like winters were worse when you were a kid? That when you were young, the winters were colder, the, the temperatures were colder more, more frequently. There was more snow. It was like a blizzard every weekend when you were a kid. It was just, we were just constantly shoveling between November 1st and uh, March 1st. It was just a constant shovel, snowblow fest, and it was sub-zero the whole time. I was talking to somebody the other day, and he, tell, he goes to me, he says, Ah, we'll be fine. This will be nothing. It was worse when we were younger. It was worse when we were a kid. And it got me to thinking. Is that just the way we're wired? Even, as Scafidi said, if you actually go back and look, it's kind of the same. I mean, things don't really change that much, that dramatically in terms of winter weather, cold temps, and snowfall. So it's purely anecdotal. I get it. I get it. But in your mind, if you were just to think now, are winters worse now? Or are they easier slash better now than they were when you were a kid? Because I'm convinced the older you get, the less you feel winters are bad. What would be your Yeah, I think that's true. Instinctual answer? But I think the way I judge that, my measurement is more based upon snow days. Because okay. I remember when I was younger, exactly. we had a lot of snow days. Exactly. So that's why I would say maybe for me it was worse than it is now. And so to that, and we be tough to you know find it out but to that i would say did you really have more snow days than <laughs> let's say kids have now or does it just feel like you had more snow days because when you got one it was for a kid that, was the that, best thing it's maybe the highlight of the year beyond christmas after christmas so even to that i would say i'd, I'd wonder to compare and contrast did it just feel like you had more than they have now? I don't know. Anything anything to this theory? We're going to test this hypothesis. 855-616-1620. Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. 855-616-1620. Well, here's some sad news. Christopher Plummer passed away. 91 years old. Known for many roles, including Sound of Music, right? Uh, he was the oldest actor to ever win an Oscar. Did you know that? 91 years old. Uh, this is how uh, one news source writes, Christopher Plummer, the dazzlingly versatile Canadian actor whose screen career straddled seven decades, including such high-profile films as The Sound of Music, The Man Who Would Be King, and All the Money in the World, has died at age 91. 
His family confirmed the news, saying he died peacefully at home in Connecticut with his wife of 53 years by his side. You know, I, you know I'm a big believer in the rule of three. Celebrity deaths come in three. I, I'm, Don't I'm, say it. Don't I'm, say it. I'm, I'm losing track. I mean, I'm, I'm not... In the last week, Hal Holbrook, who I think was in his 90s, Cicely Tyson, she was in her 90s, Cloris Leachman, in her 90s, and now Christopher Plummer, in his 90s. I mean, this has been a rough start to the year for celebrity passings. This is not a good start to the year at all. And I, it's kind of uh, throwing my rule of three up in the air because they're coming fast well, and I furious. Hope death can avoid Bob Barker. Why would you say that? I said I hope. Well, I know, but why would you just why would you put his name out there? I'm trying to think of a ninety year old. Dustin Diamond. Okay, yeah, I know. 90 year old. I know Dustin Diamond's not in terms of his career on par with any of the names I just said, but still a known actor. I, I don't know. It's like the rule of seven. Can't keep track of it. Okay, this is uh, this is anything but a scientific discussion. Anything but scientific. Do you just feel? As if winters were worse when you were a kid. It. I started going back into the almanac and looking, but then I realized I got to get in the studio and I don't have time to finish this. So I, I, I'm sorry, I do not have the year by year temperature and snowfall for southeastern Wisconsin or for the average state snowfall or northern Wisconsin. I don't have any numbers for you, but. My hunch, my hypothesis is that people think it was worse when they were a kid. And I think there's variables at play that kind of mess with your memory, mess with your mind in that respect. What do you think? Frank, calling us from North Carolina. Hello, Frank. Yes, sir. Thanks, Scott, for taking my call. How war- Is it warm in North Carolina right now? It's 53. Oh, sunny. you Poor, poor thing. I don't know how you're surviving today. Um, I'm sorry to tell you that after hearing the weather forecast for the weekend for you guys. But um, I think the winters are more much worse when I was a kid. I'm 71. We had snow all the time. I mean, there was times where we had snow in November, and that same snow was still around in March. The winters were cold, and we had less school days um, canceled because of that. And we never had um, measurements like wind chill, heat index. It, we had snow and cold, and that was it. <laughs> so, so that that's all the weatherman said back in the day, folks. It's going to be yeah, cold it's gonna be and a lot snowy. Of snow it's going to be really cold. Back but to there you. was no there was no measurement of wind chill or heat index. So, I but I think the the, the winters were much uh, worse when I was younger. And as you get older, and you'll find this out. That winter weather is harder on your body. That's why I'm in North Carolina, not Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'll look it up during the break when wind chill was implemented as a weather tool, you know, a metric of yeah. sorts. But that might play into why we feel that way. Because back then, it was just really cold or really snowy. And maybe if we had wind chill back then, we would realize it wasn't as cold or it was the same as it is now because we, we didn't have a metric to really, you know, really um, right. put a put a number on it, literally put a number on no, it. No, no. Right. No measuring stick. That's mm-hmm. for sure. That's true. 
That's true. Mm. But um, hey, by the way, what a great interview you had with Bob Costas. Thank that you. Was terrific. I appreciate so, you saying you that. Know, have a great day. All right. Stay warm. Yeah, I care. know you will. <laughs> Frank. Let me squeeze in one more here before the break. Uh, we'll, we'll continue this. Uh, let's see. John is on the north side. Hello, John. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Man, it was it was turbulent when I was a kid. Back in the 50s and 60s, man, we walked snowbanks six feet tall. We couldn't even see what was the car was on the other side of the snowbank. It was well, terrible. Okay. So he, <laughs> we he, here's we my theory on this. We just walked. Here's my theory, Johnny. Here's my theory. Is that back in, you said back in the okay. 60s. Back in the 60s, there were not, tell me if I'm, maybe I'm wrong on this, but there were not the number of snow removal vehicles there are now. There's technology. The plows are more effective now than they were then. They're, what, what did they say about football? Bigger, stronger, faster. The plows are bigger, stronger, faster now than they were back in the day. And our, our ability to move and uh, remove snow is better now than it was then. Would you agree with that? Well, I agree with that, but that wasn't the question. The question, the question was, was when it was worse. Yes, it was worse. We didn't have that equipment, no. But, but, okay, um, but, but man, that was, yeah. you know, we walked seven blocks. There were no school buses, no yellow buses. Uphill both ways, John? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you, bud. Have a good weekend. No, but that, but no, that is my point. The winters were just as snowy then as they are now. There were more piles then, or more obtrusive snow piles then, because the snow removal equipment then is not as good as it was now. But the winters, I hypothesize, were pretty much the same. See where we're going on that? There are a lot of variables at play. I understand. Okay, we'll carry this over one more segment. So, Kelly, Jeff, Thomas, hang on the line. We'll get to some of the texts as well. Yep, somebody said when we were growing up, we didn't have a snowblower. You know, that was kind of a luxury. They were more expensive. We couldn't afford one. It just, a lot of people have snowblowers now. You can get a little cheapy. Now, some snowfalls aren't really going to be competitive. Compatible with a little cheapy, but still, they're more commonplace. Didn't have that back in the day. And so, psychologically, you remember those days as being worse, even if they were exactly the same or close to it. I don't know. What is your gut instinct? What does your gut tell you when you compare winters now to winters when you were a small child? You know, it's interesting. I grew up in Iowa, so when we when it would snow, it would snow and wind, and you wouldn't be able to see the road. And it still happens today. I think it's the same. I think mm-hmm. you're right. I think it's the tools that we have are a little bit better. Maybe um, I moved to the city, so there's more help. There, It's easier to get help if you need someone to, mm-hmm. to do it for you, pay them. Um, yeah, I think it's the same. Like I said, when, when you're I a kid, when you're a kid, you think a little snow is a lot Everything's big when you're little. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know... That is that is a great. That's a bumper sticker. Mm. That's a T-shirt. Everything's big when you're little. Yeah, that is actually very profound. True. Yes. Somebody else on the text line made a good point. The vehicles we drive are better now. Are better equipped for cold weather, for snow driving than they were back in the '60s. I mean. Transportation improves as technology improves. And so 
Maybe you remember having to put chains on your tires just to get to church on a Sunday morning during a blizzard or your car breaking down. I started going through a history of old photos of snowstorms, blizzards in Milwaukee. It's like there were cars strewn over highways, and and we still get that every once in a while, right? You'll get a, a nasty blizzard Maybe backup accidents, chain reaction accidents on on the interstate. That happens, and you're stranded. The car's left there for a couple days. But it's rare. But it's like all these black and white photos of cars, not parked, but cars that were just abandoned in the middle of the road because the snow was too too difficult to pass. It was an impassable road, so people just left their car there. That doesn't really happen anymore because... The equipment to clear the snow and ice is better, and our vehicles are more, well, sturdy. They're more durable. They're, they're more apt to just barrel right through. I think some are, not all vehicles, though. Well, like four-door like sedans are still not built for Wisconsin winters. I have you're talking about your car, car because yes, you had an ridiculous. incident a couple weeks ago. You were here. Did you talk about that on the show? I did, yes. And now you're you're traumatized by it. Now if we get any I right, tell me if I tell me if you're if, if I'm if I'm wrong on this. Now whenever we get any sizable snow and you start working your way to the station, in the back of my in the back of your mind you're going, Uh oh, I hope there's not that snow burn again because I I, I didn't make it last time, right? Yes. Well See? I think next time if it happens I'll just park across the street. There not worth it. All right. Uh some calls to get to here. Is Were they really worse winters back in the day? Or is it just kind of the same and everything's different years ago? Kelly is calling from New London. Hey, Kel. Kelly? Whoa, Kelly. She waited for 18 minutes. Kelly! Oh, Kelly. You held on and then you dropped off. All right. Let's see if Jeff and Fox Point. Jeff, did you hang on through the break? Jeff did not. Do we have an issue maybe with the phones? All right. The strike. Jeff. Usually Jeff is good. Usually Jeff in Fox Point is pretty, he's pretty reliable. Jeff. All right. Jeff. Oh, I just heard a little noise. Oh, Jeff. Please leave your message for four zero. Oh, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I would have left a message for him. I would have left a message for Jeff in Fox Point, but I didn't want to publicize his telephone number. Well, you know. Three strikes, and I don't know what we're going to do. Then we're going to go without calls. Thomas, please tell me you're on the line. Yes, sir. Hey! We got a winner. Okay. <laughs> How you doing? Third time's a charm. All Thomas, right. winters now versus then. About the, hey, remember when I told you about that hospital experience that I had before? I remember well, it vividly. Really, yeah, and I put you in shock. I'm getting ready to shock you about the snow. Uh-oh. All right. Uh, I was born in 1950. The snow is de- was definitely worse. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the snow banks, like, we used to run them to school. They were so high. We'd jump over the park where they would cut out for people to, to get out of their cars. Um, we had three blizzards back-to-back in one day sometimes. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Thomas. Now, hang on a second. Did you just say we used to have three blizzards in one day, back-to-back-to-back? Back in in the 50s, (laughs) listen to me. I was a snow removal guy. I made money. I had customers. And, um, 
And I made sometimes I shoveled this snow three times in a day. I'm telling you. I mean, I cleared out, and here come another storm. Cleared out, here come another one. You know, and I made I made good money. Listen, we used to have icicles as big as telephone poles, and they would fall if you walked around in the spring. One of them hit you, you was dead. All right, we used to have. They didn't have nowhere to put the snow. Come on, they, they, it would be so high, it would be over people's houses where they would be dumping it on lots. We used to make castles, and and we throw snowballs at cars to get people to chase us. They. They didn't give us a good chase, so we started throwing them at police cars and diving in a hole and coming up a block down. Here we are over here, you know, having fun. Here's something that you should never do. When I was a kid, I was outside playing. My hands got real cold. I come in the house. I said, Mama, my hands are they're real cold. I said, what should I do? She said, son, listen to me. She said, go in the bathroom. She said, use cold water. Don't use warm water or hot water, okay? So I went in there. That didn't make sense to me, you know. I said, I'm going to use hot water. Uh-oh. And I put my hands in there, and it felt so good. Oh. I came out, and they swole up, oh. you know, really bad. And I was crying. Because didn't I tell you not to use hot water? <laughs> so now I went to North Dakota for two years, you know, and the snow up there don't melt. The first snow that hit the ground, it just piles up. All year long, I mean, all winter long, and then it melts in the springtime, and you have to put the sandbags out to stop the floods. I've been in Canada too. Thomas, Thomas, I I, I appreciate it. It's good to hear from you, man. I'm going to let you fly so I get some other people on. But um, thank you so much, pal. <sighs> Thomas, Thomas needs a show. He needs a show because he's got stories. I love it when he calls because he he takes us down memory lane, and uh, he's lived a heck of a life. But did you hear what he said there? Back in the day, we had three blizzards in a single day, back to back to back. He said that there were snow piles taller than houses, and he said there were icicles as long as telephone poles. Now, ladies and gentlemen of the jury... I think, and I love Thomas, I love him, but I think that is an example of being, that is an example of, I'm just thinking about the giant bicycles. There's a reason we think of that in our youth, when we were younger. Everything seems worse then. I think that's just an example. Wow. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, this is our guy. I think this is our guy. Southside James. How you doing there, Scott? Hey, hey, there he is. There's our guy. James, what were winters like for you? Do you feel like it was worse then than it is now? Yes, it was. And and uh, one of the things, as I was telling um, the, your uh, screener there, is that they used to dump the snow into the lake, which they couldn't, can't do now is because of all the chemicals and everything else. You'd be... You'd be killing yourselves with the amount of uh, different types of uh, stuff that you'd use on the on the snow on that. But the, the winters were colder. I walked to school. I walked to school. I didn't take a darker bus. I walked about two miles uh, to school uh, for grade school and high school. Gee, these people, we, a bunch of weenies that uh, take the darker bus. I mean, come on. Snow days? Jeez. You, 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 well, you, you didn't have that. You okay. didn't have, you didn't I will have say that, this. That I, I will say this, James. And I, again, I don't know, but 
Might one say there were more kids walking to school back in the day, whenever the day was, than there are now? Were there more kids walking to school then than now? And if so, that would feed into the mindset that winters were worse when we were kids. Yeah, but but also that you'd have the snow be, uh, uh, piled up higher between the, uh, the curb and the, and the street there too. You'd had you dug you had uh, dug a uh, snow piled up probably higher than you can probably reach your dug hand over your head at, at times and stuff like that. And also you used to put the uh, plungers, the uh, toilet plungers, on top of your car so that you could see cars uh, moving about uh, in really? traffic and stuff like that. Really. Uh, Yes, you did. You, 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 well, you, you put a plunger on the roof of your car so that you could with a flag, with a flag, with a flag or something like that, so that you could see that you got traffic or you could see that other cars are coming sure. because you had snow in be, in between on your even your boulevards and stuff like that throughout the city and everywhere. But I'll, I'll put it this way: the, the the times and stuff like that have changed. Some of our wonders have got uh, warmer, I would say, in, in sometimes, but. I think that uh, those those days when you when you go to school, that yeah, you okay. you look at those piles and stuff like that. Hey, everything seems you, bigger when you're a little. What, what did Melissa say? Everything is big when you're little. I think that that sums it up great. Real quickly, James, because I got to let you go. Uh, do yeah. you have any tips for us on staying warm this weekend and into next week? And any tips on how to stay warm? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I've been uh, I've been uh, Taking the soup and chili and stuff like that, uh, doing Steve type of stuff and uh, just doing that and enjoying okay. that and turn the heat up and gonna watch some other TVs and right. maybe watch the Super Bowl and um, stuff like that. Hey, uh, what time is the party? I'm coming over to your house, Scott, uh, to, 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 for a Super Bowl hey, party or some type of I'll watch s- party. I'll tell you what. Uh, well, no, no, no. We can, James. Dr. Fauci said no watch parties this year, and you know I am uh, following Dr. Fauci. I'm hey, following what, what Fauci says. He's America's doctor, James. Well, hey, hey, he's not. Well, is he here to take your temperature? Uh, no, uh, no, he, he is, he's not taking my temperature. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye, James. Stay warm, stay, stay warm, stay safe. There you go, Jay, our good friend, Southside James. His tips on staying warm: chili and soup, chili and soup. Which you can't get plungers on the car, too. Yeah. It's like, the first time I've ever heard of How about that? that? That makes for a heck of a visual. Like, what decade did people do that? Well, I uh, back in the day. We're just using the phrase, back in the day. Okay. Uh, good stuff. We're going to... I, I got to move on. I got, I, got more to, I got more than just weather on my plate. I got more than weather, but I don't know that we've solved anything. I know there are many of you that are hell-bent on believing winters were worse when we were kids, but I'm willing to bet, and I don't know for sure, but I will bet if you actually looked at it from a meteorological standpoint, they're pretty much the same. By the way, speaking of um, meteorological, uh, meteorological mindset, somebody did say weather forecasting is better now than it was back in the day, right? And that allows us to prepare more so than we could back in the day. So there are a lot of things at play, including what Brian Goddard says. I mean, Brian's got his, the tools of the trade are a lot better now than they were in the 
well, a decade ago, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. All right. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy. But it was cold and snowy back then, too. Thanks to everybody who texted in with various snowstorm blizzard stories from their youth. I went longer with that than I was anticipating. But then we kind of got going on all kind of variables. So I, I made a list. The equipment is better now than it was then. Snow removal equipment is better now than it was. The um, salting and, and the chemicals that uh, you know will cause that stuff to disappear are better now. The, technolo- the forecasting technology is better now than it was then. Um, everything seems big when you're little. I'm going to steal that quote from Melissa. Did more kids walk to school then than they do? See, there's all reasons. It's kind of the same. Here's something I want you to keep an eye out. No, never end a sentence in a preposition. Here is something I want you to monitor. There we go. This, this is this is what I will call our anecdotal hour. I don't have numbers to back this up, but I'm going to give you an assignment. Back during the pandemic, what would you say, lockdown, whatever it was back in March, April, May, my theory was that people are driving a lot faster on the interstate and maybe on the side roads too, but especially the interstate because there were so, so fewer cars. There's just less traffic, less traffic. It's hard to keep up with the uh, the, the 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 proper speed because usually people go with the flow of traffic. Well, if there's no traffic, you find yourself going a little faster than you should, and it proved to be true. Um, accidents were up. I think speeding tickets were up during that th- those two months, three months or so, and yeah. But I just threw it out there early on, and then I asked many of you to monitor this. Here's the next traffic-related assignment, okay? I think, I think there are more and more cars that just don't have license plates right now. I feel, I told you this is like the feel anecdotal hour, I feel as if there are more and more cars out there everywhere that are driving around without license plates. Now, whether they have the temporary, would you say, the the temporary sticker or the temporary plate in their rear window, maybe. But many times, maybe not. So here's my assignment to you, and I'll check back in a few weeks, whether I'm here with Jeff's show or my own night's show. I want you to just, right now, Moving forward, as you're driving around, look for vehicles without license plates. I feel like there are more now than I have ever seen in my life. Really. I really do. Again, it's something I just feel, so we're going to do this as a group project, like a group assignment. Tell me tell me if you agree with me on that, okay? Monitor that, would you please? And we'll check back again in a few weeks, maybe a month from now. But I think it's a thing. I think it's happening. I don't know why. I'm not going to get into how, but... Make a note, drive around, go, yeah. Because it could be one of those things whereby I think it's a trend, and so now every time I see one, I blow it out of proportion. Fewer license plates on cars these days.
Okay, there's your assignment. After the news, I'm going to do something that I, yeah, I don't think I've ever done before. I don't think I've ever done this before as a host. I don't even know if other hosts have ever done this. I'm going to bring back some of my own audio from a year ago this week. Because, well, for one, it's just entertaining and uh, amusing, if not altogether laughable. But I think it's time we have a conversation about what we were thinking, what we were feeling, and what we were saying a year ago at this time to now. So, who knows? It may blow up in my face, but we'll find out. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. All right, I don't know if anybody's ever done I'm sure somebody's done it in the history of radio. I've never done this before. I've been thinking about it, though. I've been thinking about how or if I should do this for a while. We all realize, we all know what we've gone through in the last year. It has been, uh, well, over a year now since the first COVID case was reported in the U.S., It has been over a year since the first COVID case in Wisconsin was reported. And I think if you're like me, we've all done some some self-reflection because a year ago at this time, February 5th, 2020, nobody knew. And I I think that is something we need to be reminded. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. The smartest people didn't know what would happen, how it would play out, how it would unfold. That was, I think, for a lot of us, the most nerve-wracking, maybe for some altogether scariest element of the pandemic was the, the fear of the unknown, which is often the case in life, right? It was one year ago this week, well, February 1st, so almost a little over now, a year ago, that I had, of course, I have the Saturday show, and I was doing the show on that Saturday. I was co-hosting it with Meg McKenzie at the time, but I remember this show for one major reason, and I've remembered this show pretty much since we did it. Because we started the program by talking about the coronavirus. And it was a discussion with all of you. We took calls and texts about where are you on the worry scale? Where are you in the freakout of this thing called coronavirus? I'm going to bring back this clip. I'm going to play this clip. Because, well, for one, it's 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 amusing to hear yourself talk about this. And look, that's one of the things we can do. By my by my career choice, I can go back to February first, for example, of twenty twenty, and hear what I said 
hear verbatim what I said about the coronavirus. And people who aren't in radio can't do that. Now, I know many of you were feeling similarly to me, but you can't go back and capture that audio and listen to it. I can. I laughed. When I went to get this audio earlier this morning, I spent some time listening, and it's it's, uh, laughable at parts. Leaves you shaking your head, going, Scott, if only you knew what is about to unfold. But I'm playing this for this reason. If you're honest with yourself, you maybe were in the same boat as I was. You were aware of what was happening, but you didn't know. I didn't know. None of us knew. None of us knew what was going to unfold in the days, the weeks, the months to come. But I'm playing this because I have a question to ask on the other side. So again, I take you back. This is me. I'm worried people are just going to tune in mid-clip and think it's me live, but whatever. I'll risk it. This is uh, me. I think there's a little Meg McKenzie in here as well. From February 1st of 2020. Here we go. I, I realize that yesterday the U.S. declared the coronavirus a public health emergency. There's quarantines going on all over the place as it pertains to people coming in from China. I'll be honest. I cannot, I, I cannot get jazzed up over this. I, I am not nervous. I am not scared. I am not freaking out. Now, admittedly, I don't have any ties to China. I don't have any kids away at college. It, it, there's a certain amount of trepidation on college campuses, but not me. I'm, I'm, I'm at a one or a two. And I'm willing to bet it depends on the life you lead. And like I said, if you have kids in college or, or maybe they live you know, with other young people and whatnot, or, or you have some connection to, to China or that part of the country or that part of the, part, part of the globe, but I don't. And so I just, I'm really not concerned about it. I got nothing. I, I just, I can't. You're below a one? You're... If, if I could go below a one, I'd go below a one. Like a negative two. Okay. And there it is. That clip, that topic, that conversation has, throughout this entire year plus, just kind of rattled it around in the back of my mind. That on the first week of February, a year ago, I was at a negative two. Holy cow. I mean, look, I, I'm, I, I think if I would go back, I didn't know what I didn't know. None of us did. So I'm not exactly saying I'm not exactly saying that to go back in that moment I would have changed it cuz you you don't nobody could have known. We didn't know. But I thought I bet I'm not alone. And I I'm curious to learn and to find out at 855-616-1620, even if you don't have the luxury of going back and listening to yourself, as I did right there, you had a moment a year plus ago where you were like me, negative two on a scale of one to five in terms of concern, freak out, whatever. Negative two. Whew. Whew. If only, If only that Scott knew what this Scott does now. But did you have a moment? Can you recall? Can you recall a moment from your past year 
where you think back now and go, oh, Scott, oh, Mary, oh, John, oh, Thomas, oh, Carl, if only you knew, if only you knew. Do you remember that moment? Maybe it was a conversation with your spouse. Maybe it was um, a discussion with a neighbor. And you'll go, yep, I remember talking to my neighbor across the fence. It was around uh, late February. We were shoveling some snow. And they were not worried. I wasn't worried. I said, yeah, we may cut back on some travel. But other than that, I'm not worried. Do you have one of those moments? Did you have your negative two moment? I'm curious what that was. Because I'd venture to guess that there was something in your life where you go, yeah, boy, boy, do I look foolish now. I look foolish, sure. But we didn't know. You didn't know. I didn't know. We didn't know. The smart people didn't know then how things would unfold. So let's go back into time. Do you have one of those moments that I just played right there? What was it? We can laugh about it now, or at least smirk. At at minimum, we will SMH or SOH shake our heads. 855-616-1620. It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I realize that... Yesterday, the U.S. declared the coronavirus a public health emergency. There's quarantines going on all over the place as it pertains to people coming in from China. I'll be honest, I cannot I, I cannot get jazzed up over this. I, I am not nervous. I am not scared. I am not freaking out. Now, admittedly, I don't have any ties to China. I don't have any kids away at college. It, it, there's a certain amount of trepidation on college campuses. But not me. I'm, I'm, I'm at a one or a two. And I'm willing to bet it depends on the life you lead. And like I said, if you have kids in college or, there, or maybe they live you know, with other young people and whatnot, or, or you have some connection to, to China or that part of the country or that part of the, part, part of the globe. But I don't. And so I just, I'm really not concerned about it. I got nothing. I, I just, I can't. You're below a one? You're... If if I could go below a one, I'd go below a one. Like a negative two. Ah. Again, that is Scott Warris, circa February 1st, 2020. I mean, I, I, every time I hear that, I go, oh, jeez. Oh. But and I don't apologize. I'm not apologizing for it because that was that's just how I felt at the time. And whew, if only that Scott knew what this Scott does, right? So I guess... I would call myself naive, right? Ignorant. We were ignorant to what would happen. We were naive to the threat. I was naive to the threat that was coming, you know, down the pike. And if you're willing to play along with me and share a little self-disclosure as to your naive or ignorant moment from a year ago. I think Scott Morris said those comments last year, oh, not that, Morris. That's true. That's true. But we'll, we'll, we'll check. We'll have to check. That was a different host. Different host, similar voice, <laughs> different last name. Yeah, that was my alter ego, my more, my more naive, ignorant alter ego, Scott Morris.
That's the same one that uh, sends Scafidi that email, right? Oh, yes. Back during Christmas time? Okay. 855-616-1620. Accident mortgage talk and text line. Eh, you know? What a difference a year makes, right? Whew. Wow. Let's go to Paul. He's calling us from the North Shore. Hey, Paul. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Scott. Thanks for taking the call. Um, every year I do this international conference in Florida, last week of January. And uh, right last year before I was getting ready to go, I remember my old man saying, hey, be careful uh, flying in, in hotels and stuff. This uh, this virus is going to get really bad. And I was like, yeah, whatever, old man. Like Some of the advice he's given me, I take and heed, and some of it you just let it roll off your back. And this is one where I just kind of, whatever, I've been traveling for years. Right. And uh, do the conference, there's a bunch of masks there, more than normal, but probably in hindsight, just a handful, right? Right. I get back, and now a couple weeks later, into February, beginning of March, like right before the Rudy Gobert aha moment, mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is serious. My and, and my old man had no insight other than he's retired and reads a lot and watches the news. And he just, I remember him saying that, and then I thought, wow, holy cow, this is crazy. We're never going to be the same. And about what date would that have been? How specific do you remember that on the calendar? Um, I think it was about a week before the Rudy Gobert. So that okay. was like March 12th. Uh, March we 11th. So, early March. Early yeah, March. March 11th. Yeah, so March 3rd, mm-hmm. 4th, somewhere in there. Yeah. We, here's about the thing, from now, About a month and yeah. a year from now. We are approaching, I mean, we're approaching the window where it got real. March 11th, the evening of March 11th. Rudy Gobert, and I've said this a billion times, but I was I was on the air that night. Rudy Gobert tests positive. The NBA shuts down. College basketball then shut down the next day or two. And if you remember March 11th, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, his wife, announced on Twitter or Instagram they were in Australia and they had tested positive. And that was... A real line of demarcation for me. But you go back to February 1st, 2020, and we had heard about it. We knew what was happening, and yet you heard the audio. I can't run from the audio. Negative two, and I could not get jazzed up about it. Wow. I mean, it's just wow. And I, I, I'd like to think I'm not alone. 855-616-1620. Do you remember a specific moment an instance, an example. From about this time, we're in that window now where we knew of it. It hadn't gotten real yet. And so we were maybe put in a position to make a comment about how we felt about it. And let's be honest, most of us said, yeah, I'm aware of it, but I'm not that worried. Tony's calling from the southwest side. Hello, Tony. Good afternoon. I'm a I'm a bad caller in, in one respect that I don't remember what particular athlete it was, but uh, there was an athlete who who had a marquee performance right about this time last year, and he tested positive the next day. And I and I told coworkers we were talking the next day at work. Well, obviously, then the virus isn't such a bad thing. And as a disclaimer, I did catch the I tested positive on Thanksgiving, and uh, I, next Thursday I go for pulmonary exams. I still have some long term effects, but. Yeah, and I, I until a, a, a couple different older people in our family chain died, uh, it didn't seem. I I used to backtrack. I used to say, well, nobody know. I know as it. Then one by one, we mm-hmm. lost family members and people in our circle of acquaintance. But yeah, I wish I could remember again who that athlete was. He 
he played a really fantastic game, you know, athletic performance on the national scale, and then tested positive. I said, well, then the virus well, is no big deal. But could it have been Rudy Gobert on Thanksgiving? Yeah, it Tony, is a big deal. Could it have been Rudy Gobert, the basketball player for the Utah Jazz? That must have been it then, yeah. Yeah, it I mean, could have been. Remember those, those three athletes and they, and they sneezed on the microphone like it was yes. a joke? Yes, exactly. He Rudy yeah, Gobert. He, he he then like walked around and rubbed all the microphones to as a joke. Ha ha ha! Right. And he did it like a day or two oh, before, okay, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you, Good Tony. Gosh, um, get, but yeah, with sense of, get since well. I had it, and I'm still yeah. living with it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good afternoon. Get well, Tony. Yep. There you go. <sighs> Remember back, and if you have a moment where you distinctly recall yourself altogether poo-pooing this thing called the coronavirus. And now you think back on that conversation, on that comment, and you go, oh my gosh, if only I could go back into time and tell me how to act and react. I had one of those. What was yours? 855-616-1620. If you're on the line, hold on. Jordan's getting to you, and we'll keep it rolling. Okay, I think people are getting this. I think people are getting where I want to go. Do you remember saying something or doing something that in hindsight (laughs) makes you feel foolish or naive when it comes to the coronavirus? For example, Texter says, When a friend told me on May 15th, they remember the date, May 15th, that the quarantine order that was supposed to expire at the end of May would go through June, I said she was crazy. Exactly. Exactly. A little naive. Okay, let me say this. I remember that when it came down and you got that buzz on your phone. And I remember taking a screenshot of the, you know, order coming down for Wisconsin. And then as I was screenshotting it, Debbie Lazica, our traffic lady, she had texted me. She goes, this is scary. And like I screenshotted that. But I kept that in my phone just as a reminder of... What we've been through this got past real. year, we got very real. <laughs> yeah, you got that message, and yeah, it got real. Do you? But but do you remember? Kind of where we're going is. Do you remember a time where you said something um, that, in hindsight, you go, "Ah, I was probably a little naive then." You know, but 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 it, it, it's nothing to apologize for. Oh, we just didn't know. Through this. No. So I think the only thing that I was thinking about was that it would stay over in Asia. It would mm-hmm. stay over in China. So it would be over there. It would be over there. Kind of like, um, you know, some of the other ones like SARS or MERS. Like, it didn't really hit the U.S. like it did the Asian countries right. or throughout the world. So I, I just assumed hearing about it, reading about it, yeah, I mean, it's something, but we'll never have to wear masks here in the United States. Like, that was never something that I would think that we would have to do on a regular basis. But it, it, It's a reminder it that is. we're not as insulated no. as we think. From many things, yes. When you have two oceans on either side of you, you are insulated from certain things. Pandemics, illness, disease, they don't care if there's an ocean in between you and them. Definitely a a global uh, system out there now with people working all over, coming in and out of the United States. Um, You know, it's something that there's no way you could have stopped it, I don't think. I don't. Looking back, I don't know how you would have stopped it. Besides stopping I, all air travel. Oh no! Right. But it would have you still could, been here. It would have still come to the United States. I think it it was destined to come here. Ugh, yeah. Destined to um, impact lives. People were going to die, unfortunately, because of it. 
I would add the caveat, I think we as a nation could have done a heck of a lot better mm-hmm. in limiting the deaths, in limiting people getting sick. And that's another topic for another day. I'm not going with that angle. But um, for me, there was a moment about a year ago at this time when I called it a negative two on a scale of one to five concern. I can't believe it's been a year. We're entering that window, as I was saying right that's now, where, where we're going to go through a lot of... I. A lot of the dates in the next months to six weeks are going to be a lot more memorable. I remember this day mm-hmm. a year ago. I remember this week a year ago. It's um, yeah, and we're still we're still dealing with it, right? Paul texts in, admittedly, and that's what I'm asking. Just you gotta. Admit. Admittedly, I thought it would have been isolated to that region of the world, as they have been in many cases. It didn't get serious for me until I looked at the pandemic movie on Netflix and shortly started uh, seeing eerie comparisons to reality. Yikes. Yeah, it's that. And somebody said it's, it's tied to American arrogance. And I think there's a a bit of truth in that. It's that it's over there. It's over there. Nah, these things happen all the time. How many times do you turn on the news and you hear about some sort of viral outbreak? Viral? Virus outbreak. You know what I mean. And, and, and there's people over there in that country, wherever that country, and they're wearing masks. They're always wearing masks. I'm never going to have to wear a mask here. Why? A mask? Yeah, that's part of it. I don't know. Do you remember? And I'm, I'm not so much asking for the moment where you realized it got real. I'm asking for you to go before that and remember a moment, an interaction, a conversation, an instance where you maybe you poked fun at it or, or you remember just being really nonchalant about this coronavirus thing. Somebody did say, um, here, 920, Scott, for me, I was on a business trip in Mexico, and I have similar work I do in China. My colleagues warned me about the coronavirus uh, near there. Then we promptly started sharing memes of people passing out drinking Corona beer. There was like a week there where everybody was making jokes, coronavirus, you mean like the beer? <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate those of you sharing your candor. I don't think any of us are proud of it, especially if you, maybe you made a joke. Nobody's proud of it, but it's what we did. It's it's what we knew. It's how we reacted. And no, knowing then what we know now, I, none of us would. Not none of us would do this. I don't think so at all. Huh? Gianni's calling us. Happy Friday, Gianni. Oh, Gianni. Oh, Gianni dropped off. Okay. It's been a little testy phone situation today. Don't worry, Jordan. As long as it's potted up, you're, you've done your job. You can only do so much, Gazzo. If they don't go, they don't, they don't hold. You can, only, you can only control what you can control. That's all. I get. How about Laura? Laura in the North Shore. Hello, Laura. Hi. Hey, there she is. Okay, Laura, take me back. Take me back to maybe a year ago at this time. What's your example of naivete, uh, naivete, shall I say? Oh, my husband Jerry and I, he's in his 70s, I'm in my 60s, we're booked to go on a Caribbean cruise. 
beginning of February, and we're like, oh, no problem. We're, we're going to go. No problem. Okay, so we go. We get off in the island of Antigua, and there's six cruise ships, so there's over 30,000 people. We're sitting at a bar outside, and again, there's that Corona beer talking about it, laughing, ha, right, ha, ha. Right, right, And the gentleman, the gentleman sitting next to me had just gotten off of one of those huge 6,000-passenger cruise ships, and he said when they were leaving Cape Canaveral... Uh-oh. Oh, we lost her. There's the gremlins in the phone. This is this is a weird day for yeah, the phone. Yeah, this is a normal. Something is afoot. All right. If Laura calls back, uh, we'll throw her back up. Laura, call back. We we, we lost her there. Um, somebody did text in that it wasn't naivete. It was a belief that the government and the medical community could handle anything. They could handle this pandemic. Boy, were we wrong. Yeah, there's validity in that as well. There's there's something there. Because I remember sitting here doing that show on February 1st of 2020. And when I was giving my, on a scale of 1 to 5, I'm like a negative 2 in terms of concern and worry. Part of that was, we're America. We can handle this. I mean, our our, our doctors and scientists are the best and the brightest. We can handle this. That was that was a part. That really was a part. Michael calling us from Appleton today. Hello, Michael. Okay. All right. You know what? I will. Uh, we're going to go to the text line here. Tell you what. Why don't you reset things? Maybe on your end. Maybe you can reset the phone bank a little bit. We apologize. Having some issues here. Um, this is where the text line comes uh, extra handy. I just. There are a bunch of variables at play. Now, here's another question for you. Here's another question for you. But a 414 says, I definitely poo-pooed it as well. I was at, on my bachelor party in Puerto Rico the weekend before it shut down. The weekend before it shut down. Now, think about it. Think about it. How concerned were you? During that bachelor, of everything on your mind during the bachelor party, how often, hmm, how often did this thing called coronavirus enter your psyche? I got another question as it relates to moving this thing forward now. What would you do differently? Is there anything you would or could do differently? Let's explore that. And there's somebody on the text line who admitted laughing when other countries were shutting down italy germany i mean all those european countries eventually did but and going what they actually shut down a country come on there were moments like that all right let's see if we can reconnect here fingers crossed uh let's see laura are you back laura are you back i'm back okay so go ahead. You can finish your story about being on that cruise ship, and there you had talked to somebody who had just left or had just arrived from Cape Canaveral, Cape Canaveral I think you said, or Fort Lauderdale, rather. And uh, and um, Right. Yeah, we're telling you the story. The, the captain dumped people back off. There were people that were sick on his ship, turned the ship around. The people had to get off. He got the ship back to sea, made up the time. And so here we were, my husband and I in Antigua, like I said, in a port with six mega ships 
25, 30,000 people sitting at a bar, thousands of us sitting outside talking, laughing. We did not think we had to worry about something that was over in Asia. And when we got home, we got the email that there were people on our ship, baggage handlers and people that all had COVID. Mm -hmm. And we looked at each other and just said, that was really stupid. (laughs) Yeah. And there you were making Corona, ha ha, like the beer, ha ha ha, right? I mean, it's yeah. just... Yeah, ha ha. Oh, good grief. Thanks for calling back, Laura. I appreciate it uh, very, very much. Hmm. Gianni's in Montello. Hello, Gianni. Oh, hello, Scott. Uh, hey, a very soul-searching topic. Um, listen, a, a year ago, um, I was probably a three. I thought it would be on a par with our, our typical uh, right. flu, right. Um, that we seasonal flu. And then, as I, you know, as I saw the numbers on CNN, the, the, the infection rate, uh, daily infection rate, and then the daily death rate. Um, by 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 mid March, late March, I, I was much much more frightened than I. I was a year ago, and to the to the point where I I, I made some uh, very serious financial decisions based on um, based on uh, what what the, the numbers that accrued in March. Mm-hmm. So um, and also I, I I I as time time went on, I I was a little bit surprised at the anti mask movement uh, in the United States, and I and that that doesn't bode well then for for the spread of the virus. Um, so, but I think it was seeing the the, the numbers, yep. the, the tally every day. Absolutely, you know? and then of course it's hard to had, ignore the numbers. Go ahead. And then you had the images of the, you know New York with with the uh, with the makeshift morgue in, in the back of the um, you know the trailers and that. Oh, yeah. um, well, let me ask you this, Gianni. Gianni, let me ask you this: Would you do? Because I'm going to try to transition now. Would you do anything differently? Would you do anything differently? Um, you know, a year later. Yeah, I understand your question. Yeah, um, well, I, 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 at the time, I, I was, you know, wearing the mask and that, but there, there's nothing that I, I would, other than um, be, being conscientious of, mm-hmm. of, of, of the spread of this thing. And, and uh, you know, there's nothing I would do differently, but I, I was surprised when, when I, I, are we approaching, um, what, what is the number now? Do, do, do you know, are we approaching one, one million or are, are we? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I, I don't, I don't have it all. I, I, I don't have right. it right here in but front of me. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, that it's, is, that is, that, it's long since become, thanks, Jenny. It's long since become frightening. I, I don't know. I mean, in all seriousness, what would I, what would I do differently? I'd have to really think about that. I don't know if there's anything I could have done differently. I don't know. I mean, I know there's people. We, we did that as a kind of a lighthearted topic, I think, a, a month or two ago. And, you know, somebody said, well, I'd, I'd have bought all stock and Lysol and, and uh, cleaning products. And now, well, I mean, in all seriousness, other than, you know, financial-related maneuvering. I don't know. It's tough. Michael Appleton. Hello, Michael. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm Okay. Anything you do differently, or do you remember a moment well, from about a year ago where you you took this more lightly than we realized it ended up being? No, I, I, I remember this very, very specifically because we were traveling internationally. Uh, we left on the 29th of uh, February to go over to New Zealand for a family trip and a triathlon that I was doing. And uh, that was on a uh, Saturday, and I remember standing in line for the carbo-loading dinner with an international crowd of athletes, probably 48, 50 countries represented, 
over 1,500 athletes, and some of the Asian folks were talking about it, and we heard a little bit about it in the background, but no, nobody really took it serious. Um, so that was, you know, on the uh, 7th or, no, that was on the 5th of March. Mm. And uh, we we had the race on the 7th. I know there was some talk, were they going to cancel it or something like that? So it got a little bit more serious, but then we flew back on the 10th, and that was a Tuesday. It's, you know, what a, uh, a long, long flight. And I remember getting into L.A., uh, about five o'clock on the 10th of March. And we were in a crowded terminal trying to get back to, um, uh, Milwaukee. And my wife and I looked and people were bumper to bumper people, just a very few people with masks. And we even looked at each other and said, Hmm, I wonder, I just wonder if this really, if this is very real. And we came back, you know, 11 o'clock at night on the 10th and 36 hours later, all heck broke loose with the NBA and we were 36 hours from not being able to leave the country. We had no idea it was that serious being over there. Wow. Thanks for your call. Thanks for your uh, reflections, Michael. I I appreciate it very much. It is like I say, we are entering a time period now where we are going to be remembering specific moments where, where we were, what we were doing, how we felt about what we were learning. This begins now a window of time, February, March, where I think we can have a lot of these conversations. And for some of you, more than one of you have texted in saying, gosh, it feels like years ago, not one year ago. Yeah. Pretty remarkable stuff. And I'll I'll close with this. I think it's important that we do reflect. Because I think it's important that we spend the time to recognize where we were, not just as a nation, as a people, but individually then to now. Not just in you know our material world, but in our in our minds and how we approach this. And what have we learned about ourselves? What have we learned about each other? What have we learned about society? How can we be better? moving forward for having learned and experienced what we have all for all those reasons and and more it's important to have conversations like this and i think we will as we continue to work our way through this window it's also a reminder let's finish on an up note on a high note here it's also a reminder how remarkable science is in that a year ago i said my worry scale was a negative 2 A year later, vaccinations are being deployed. That is a medical miracle. News, and then we continue. I do have to comment about the latest vaccine from Johnson & Johnson. I don't know if you followed the news yesterday, but there's something that, well, strikes me as a bit worrisome, odd, maybe we'll put it. So stick around. Two o'clock hour on deck and... We'll have a little, I can't do pop culture corner. That's Jeff's thing. He has all copyright and trademark that. I can't do pop culture corner, so we'll just call it Friday fun. Stick around. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Wallace. Is that what the kids are calling it now? Is it just on social? It's not social media anymore? I don't know. You know my social media footprint is uh, 
absent. I don't have one. On social. Okay. Matt said, telling us about the Super Bowl there in sports. Thanks for reminding us, Greg. Appreciate it. We heard from the Hornbuckle guy. Hornbuckle? Mr. Hornbuckle? Now, good news, great news. Not even good news. Super news. Great news. Excellent news. Johnson & Johnson, single-shot vaccine. Let's go. Let's get it going. We learned this yesterday. Johnson, or earlier this week, I don't know if it was yesterday or not. Johnson & Johnson, this is how CNBC reports it. Now, just hear me out. Johnson & Johnson applied for an emergency use authorization from the Food and Drug Administration for its coronavirus vaccine after releasing data last week showing it was about 66% effective in protecting against the virus. You know that. If J&J's application is approved, it will be the third COVID vaccine authorized for emergency use in the U.S. Do you know the other two, Jordan? Come on, Jordan. Know your current events. What are the other two, what are the other two uh, companies that have developed the vaccine in the U.S.? Pfizer. Well, no, 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 no. Pfizer. 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 Okay, not to be confused Pfizer with Pfizer. Pfizer. Pfizer and Moderna. Okay, good job. Pfizer's vaccine was authorized by the FDA on December 11. Moderna's was authorized a week later. Okay, fine. Today's submission for emergency use authorization of our investi- uh, investigational single shot vaccine is a pivotal step toward reducing the burden of the disease for people globally and putting an end to the pandemic, according to Johnson & Johnson's chief scientific officer. Upon authorization of our investigational COVID vaccine for emergency use, we're, we're ready to begin shipping. With our submission to the FDA and our ongoing reviews with other health authorities around the world, we're working with great urgency to make our investigational vaccine available to the public as quickly as possible. All right, so what has to happen? The FDA has got to issue the emergency use authorization. That's next. Here's the sentence in the story, stories, that gave me pause, pointed out to me yesterday. The FDA has scheduled a meeting of its Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee on February 26th to discuss the emergency use authorization. What? So, I'm sure there's a reason for it, because, you know, it's the federal government, and everything they do has very good reason behind it. 21 days? We gotta wait three weeks? Why? Isn't this kind of an important thing? Uh, February 26th is when the FDA will have its advisory committee Discuss the emergency use authorization. I know there's going to be a public discussion by the advisory committee, so there are certain things that have to happen to ensure the public has a clear understanding of the data, etc., etc. Really, we, we, we couldn't just... Yeah, we'll do it next week. We could do it Monday. Let's get the ball rolling Monday. I, I don't know. Look, I, I know, I know the best and the brightest have done this and are working on this, but I, I read that, and somebody goes, look at this. Does this strike you as, yeah, three weeks. So we got to wait three more weeks for the single-shot emergency use. Okay, all right. Public hearing and things like that have to happen. Okay, all right, fine. I understand it. Now, 
I started the show with weather. Oh, you know what? Before I get to that, let me just do this real quickly. This is my last thing related to pandemic. I mentioned this last night. Were you listening to the show? Jordan, were you listening to the show last night? No, I was actually sleeping. Took a nap. At 6 o'clock at night? Yeah, man. That's my normal nap time. You nap at 6 o'clock? Yeah, usually. And then when do you get up from the nap? Like 6 until like, I don't know. It could be like a 20-minute nap, 30-minute nap. Okay. You know the show went for two hours last night? I did. And yet you napped. I feel like you're putting me on the spot. When do you then go to bed? Like bed, bed, the overnight sleeping time. It depends on the night. Usually my bedtime's around like 9.45 or 10. So you nap from 6 to 6.30, and then you go to bed, bed at 9.45, 10 o'clock. Around that time, yes. Do you find yourself able to fall to sleep just like that? Uh, that's that's the yeah that's Pro- the thing. It's like a mystery. I don't know how I can do it. Well, you probably oh because you can't right. Well, I can't. No, I, it's just like if I close my eyes for about like a minute, I can fall asleep. Oh, okay. Well, you are the exception to the rule. That I I thought I remember learning at some point in time that any nap after three o'clock was it three o'clock? Or was it five o'clock? Maybe it was five o'clock. Any nap after five o'clock is going to throw off your sleep rhythm during the overnight time. I think for some people, yes. I think for everybody but you. You were special. Well, if you were listening last night, this is good. You weren't. The CDC issued guidelines on attending the Super Bowl or celebration, a party. Well, first of all, they don't want you to. Dr. Fauci says, if you're going to have a gathering, don't. If you're insisting on having people watch the game, try to keep it to those who live under the roof with you, right? That said, the CDC has issued additional guidelines for people who are not going to follow Dr. Fauci's rules. They are calling on individuals on Sunday to avoid, if you're going to go to a public place, first of all, avoid using a restroom facilities at a restaurant or other venue during high traffic times, like halftime, or immediately after the game. So don't go to the bathroom during halftime, because that's when there'll be large crowds of people. There'll be a line at the stall or a line out the bathroom door. No, you don't want that. But and when you're supposed to, two-minute warning. Go with the two-minute... No, everybody's... See, everybody else is going to go for the two-minute warning. Got to go before that. Fans are also advised by the CDC to avoid chanting or cheering. Okay? Avoid chanting or cheering. And instead of chanting or cheering, they want you to stomp, clap, or bring handheld noisemakers instead. Minimize the time you spend in the restaurant, the bar, the concession area. The longer you stay, the more you increase your risk. Wear masks, limit alcohol consumption, and other health and safety measures because, of course, it spreads easily when you're yelling. And the more you've had to drink in terms of alcohol, the um, the less apt you will be to follow guidelines because, you know, you're not exactly sharp the more alcohol you have. No shouting, no yelling. So instead, they've given us some options. So if you're going to head to a restaurant or a bar, or if you're going to have a party at your house, if you're insisting on doing it, make sure those who attend your party 
Do not yell. Do not chant. Do not cheer. You are to stomp your feet. Clap your hands and bring a noisemaker, a handheld noisemaker. Okay? Now, why are you shaking your head? Why are you shaking your head? It's kind of a lame Super Bowl party. Well, I'm sorry. There's a pandemic. Did you miss the last hour of our show? Let me tell you something. A lot has been lame this past year because of what's going on. You want to spread the pandemic or do you want to celebrate a Chiefs touchdown? So you're you're saying I can't bring my buffalo chicken dip and we can't share? No. You know what? Actually, they don't mention the sharing of food. I guess that's acceptable, though. No, they probably should have mentioned that. Oh, no double dipping. I don't. I didn't like you double dipping last year at this time or five years ago at this time. I sure as heck don't want you dip, double dipping now. So no double dipping, no cheering, no chanting. Stomp, clap. I said last night, you live in an apartment or a condo or a retirement home. You do a lot of stomping. How's that going to work out for the neighbors <laughs> down below? I'm just saying. Stomp, clap, or bring your vuvuzela. That's what I said last night. Bring the vuvuzela because the neighbors will love that too. And that is how the CDC wants you to enjoy your... Your Super Bowl party. Yeah, good text, 414. What about cowbell? Oh, yeah. We used to have a cowbell in here. That was years ago. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be much That'll be much better. Bring your cowbell. <laughs> well, look, if it's either cowbell or pandemic spread, I think I know which one we should take. Okay, here's what I like to do. I started the show with weather. I do this once a year. Do this once a year. We're going to do it today, 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll call it a little Friday fun, normally Pop Culture Corner. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Question is, as we embark on a stretch of single-digit temps and wind chills well below zero, I mean Saturday, Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, your Buffalo... Your uh, buffalo dip. Well, is that was gonna, the first dip I thought of. It's going to freeze. You don't want to freeze your buffalo dip. I think you're going to have buffalo, artichoke dip. You're going to have ice cubes. You have cubes. <laughs> then. No. What is in a weekend where it's going to get 15, 20, 25, 30 degrees below zero with the wind chill, and it'll be bad all next week? What is the worst job to have? During the weather we're about to endure, and we are enduring. I do this once a year. It's one of those once-a-year topics, okay? I did it uh, during the polar vortex of 2019 when I saw somebody, and I would throw out a tow truck driver. I saw somebody, lay, I'll never forget it, laying down on his back trying to get underneath the vehicle so he could hook up the contraption to the underbelly of the car, as it were, the bumper, whatever. And it was, it was, you know, 15, 20 below at night. And I go, that poor man, that poor man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's see. I don't know if we'll be able to rank these. The worst job. And in doing this, we're also kind of giving a shout out to the people who have these jobs. The worst job to have during weather that we are about to endure. 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This will also be a good reminder that we can keep these people in our prayers.
Guess what I found? I knew, you know who I knew would have this? Our guy, Gene Miller. It's one of the benefits of sitting in the cubicle next to him. Guess what he's got? Cowbell! Yeah, so this is what the... I, I, keep, keep the calls coming. We are going to get to the worst job to have during weather like this. 855-616-1620. So, remember the CDC guidelines for your Super Bowl celebration. Stomp, instead of cheering and chanting, stomp, clap, or bring handheld noisemakers instead. How's this going to play? I got two of them here. Hey, let's go Chiefs! Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. That's going to get really old really fast. That's going to tick off people at the party, let alone the neighbors. But remember, you can't cheer. Oh, you're right. Stomp your feet. You're right. All right. You're just stomping. No, I, we get it. I don't want to. <laughs> Jeff Wagner. There are people right now emailing Jeff Wagner going, uh, Jeff, just so you know, while you were on vacation, Scott found himself ringing cowbells during your program. Yeah. You may want to double-check with management the next time he fills in. 855-616-1620. I'll do this once a year. And I thought, considering the stretch of weather that we're about to uh, endure, this is the day. I'll do it this day with sub-zero temps plus the wind chill for the next week, basically. Worst job to have right now in Wisconsin. Curly in Germantown. All right, Curly, what do you got? Hi, Scott. Uh, I've got a nephew that does maintenance on the top of cell phone towers. Oh, a lineman, you're talking. Being a lineman. Well, sort of, yeah. He does maintenance on the top of the cell phone towers. He doesn't, uh, he's not the lineman for the county. (laughs) (laughs) He works for a cell phone company. Anything tower related. How about that? Anybody that's got to climb a tower and be out there in the elements, unprotected from the cold, blustery, uh, winter wind. God he's help you. Young, <laughs> he's young, his, his blood is thick. It's good. It, it'll keep him. All right, Curly, good one. Yeah, a lot of you on the, um, on the text line mentioned uh, linemen. Linemen. Now, this is an interesting one because this year, and maybe moving forward, there's more of these people out there. Eric in Racine. Hello, Eric. Who's on the list? Hey, Scott. I love Curly's uh, one, and that would just really suck. <laughs> um, I like, uh, I would say, food delivery services. Oh. And especially when uh, people don't tip very good. Oh. Man, if you guys use food delivery services this weekend, you better tip your driver. Awesome. You're a food delivery guy, yeah. aren't you? I've I've done food delivery, Jimmy John's and Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I know exactly what that's like in the fridge and cold. Uh, yes, indeed. Thank you, Eric. Stay warm, stay safe this weekend on your journeys. All right, tons of texts here. Um, let's see here. Four one four. I just drove past the Milwaukee Public Works crew fixing a water main break. Okay, Susie, you're about to say the same thing, aren't you, Susie? I was. I was. Your texture took my thunder. But no, yeah, really. That's awful. I feel so bad for those guys Uh, and gals. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You got to take the call. You've got to go and answer the call. 
because there are people that are without water, for example, in the neighborhood, and uh, that water doesn't stay water very long. It turns to ice very quickly. Thank you, Suze. I appreciate it very much. Hmm. How about being a roofer? Dave in Germantown says, being a roofer is not fun at all in the cold. Yes, to those of you who deliver the mail, Godspeed. Those of you who handle our refuse, the garbage men, the garbage men and women. What do they call garbage men? Garbage people? Sanitary worker. Sanitation. Sanitation workers. I'm trying to be politically correct. Just bear with me here. 262. I install garage doors in new construction houses working every day next week. <laughs> oh, man. The FedEx guy. Look, everybody in the delivery realm. More power to you. Tom in Watertown. This is a good one, Tom. It always needs mentioning. Hi, Scott. Uh, I'm going to say a farmer. Oh. Yep. I mean, they got they got to have it tough, especially going down to the milk houses and then even all the work that you have to do around the farm. And if anything breaks down, you got to make sure that equipment's running. It's It's got to be a mess. And the animals don't care. What do they always say? The animals don't care what day of the week it is. They don't care if it's a holiday or not. It doesn't matter what month it is. They need to be fed. They need it to, to be tended to. And if it's sub-zero, so be it. Work has to get done on the farm. And a lot of them, a lot of the animals are outside right now. So, you know, they got to get them uh, uh, food out for them animals that are outside. Mm-hmm. So the hay's got to go out. And, uh, yeah, the tractors all have to work. Mm-hmm. It's just got to be rough. Farming. Farming. That Thanks, Tom. Far- farming, that is... Uh... That is an industry I have never dabbled in. I have no farming in my background, in my life whatsoever. That is a lifestyle with which is it, it's so foreign to me. I can't even fathom that. Getting up at whatever time when, when things start. The break of dawn. The break. Or no, you wait till the rooster crows. Right? Is that what happens? Well, yeah, the rooster crows. You wake up and you go to, right? Isn't that what's happened? That's the first time I have ever heard of that saying before. You've never. I have never heard of that. You've never heard of the rooster crowing, and that's when people get up on the farm? No. I mean, I've heard of roosters crowing. Are you I've not- heard of that term before. I'm just saying, though, in that way, that's when farmers know they have to get up is when the rooster crows? I think so. Are you not familiar with Old MacDonald? E-I-E-I-O? So there are people... I don't know if they're coming to your defense or not. Okay, all right. 262, a lot of farmers are up before the rooster crows. Wow. Jordan never... Wait, wait, somebody... Hang on now. You know what? Look, here's what we're going to (laughs) do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have Rusty do news, which we should have done four minutes ago, while I make... While I sort through these texts, because we may have stumbled on something here. The rooster... The rooster crows, the farmer gets up, the day begins. 
See, people are on my side right now. They've no, never heard of that saying. Look at the text line. Are you kidding me? There are people ripping you on the text and line And there are people well. saying the same thing about you, where they're like, they've never heard of that saying before. Okay, it's well. It's like 50-50. Haven't you ever watched Looney Tunes commercial? Well, I'm uh, sorry. Cartoons? I thought we were talking about real life, not And the sun comes up and has a smiley face. Hello. All right. Rusty, can you shed any knowledge? Can you help us break this tie? Having grown up on a family dairy farm... Oh, baby, here we go! It doesn't matter the time. You get up at the same time. You do what you need to do to get those cows milked at about the same time every day. So, does the rooster wake you up? We didn't have roosters on our farm. So, you get up when you need to get up. It doesn't matter. Did the neighbor have a rooster? Um, maybe. Ah. But again, our neighbors were like a quarter of a mile away, so even... Even as spread out as we were, it wouldn't have been as easy to have heard. Now, a dog barking, we could get into that, but I don't want to... That that could... The dog would wake you up at dawn with barking? Oh, they'd wake you up in the middle of the night if they saw something scurrying on the... Well, that's true. Okay. So, yeah. And, and, then, and then all of a sudden, the <laughs> fox gets in the hen house, and we got all kinds of... It's a Benny Hill situation going on in the Melberg Dairy Farm. <laughs> Jeff, we'll be back on Monday. Uh, Bill just texted in, last text on the worst jobs to have. We tried to do that as a topic, and then suddenly we went off onto a farming debate. But anyway, uh, Bill says he works for a diving and salvage team. How about this for the worst job in this type of weather? Diving through a hole in the ice to hook up and retrieve a car or truck that fell through the ice while ice fishing, usually in zero visibility in basically black water. That's a pass. Uh, Yeah, that is a pass. I'm more comfortable in warm, climate-controlled environments doing this. I don't know if you have noticed, but as Valentine's Day gets closer, there are a range of industries that allow you to get revenge at an X. I mean, it's the opposite of what you would think. I'm sure you and your significant other have big plans for Valentine's Day, but for those people who, you know, are looking to, (laughs) well, get a little payback or something. I've had the story, yesterday I had the story of the El Paso Zoo, El Paso, Texas. Their annual tradition where you can go online to their website and you can, for a small donation, have a Madagascar hissing cockroach named after an X. And then you can watch online as they feed that cockroach to any number of creatures that eat cockroaches as a way to get closure to that relationship there are a number of law firms i have learned that will offer divorce papers to be filed they'll file your divorce papers free of charge it's like a competition you submit an entry and whoever has the most horrific story i don't know they'll they'll do it free of charge on valentine's day they'll serve your your soon-to-be ex with the divorce papers on valentine's day well Here's another one. A Waterville, Maine, city of Waterville in the state of Maine, animal shelter has this for you. 
This part, the Humane Society Waterville area will write your ex's name on a small piece of paper and place it in one of their finest litter boxes. Then their cats will do their thing. The news release says, Our felines promise to cover your number one ex in plenty of number two. (laughs) Uh, The shelter says all proceeds will benefit their animals. You can donate until February 14th to declare your unlove this Valentine's Day. So, if this... Is the closure you need, or you just want to get a little satisfaction against that former guy or gal in your life? Perhaps the litter box is for them. Right, Scott! Okay, there's somebody on TikTok who has posted an incredible video of an off-menu McDonald's item. Did you know... That apparently, I don't know if this is all McDonald's, well, you can find out, just ask. They sell $9 cakes. What? Yes. This TikTok user goes to the drive-thru, orders a chocolate cake, and she gets, for $9, a cake. Now, people who watched this TikTok video were surprised, even suggested it was a hoax. However, others remember eating similar cakes during childhood birthday parties that they once held at McDonald's, but they hadn't seen them since. Somebody said, that looks like a 19, it's a 1999 flavored cake. Somebody else said, my grandma used to buy me a McDonald's cake every birthday. I miss it. It looks like a box cake. You know what I'm talking about? Or, or, yeah, I know what you mean. Or, or like a sheet cake, sure, a small sure. sheet cake. It comes in this wrapped box. She takes it out, and Ronald McDonald is etched in frosting on the cake. I don't know. I don't know. People claiming to be employees chimed in, some being adamant that no, McDonald's does not carry cake. Others claim they are indeed available for employee birthdays. This woman who posted this said she may have gotten lucky by finding cake at the first McDonald's location she called in Omaha, Nebraska, by the way. Nevertheless, she posted a follow-up video to prove she wasn't staging a prank. Hmm. So, I'm just saying, despite the employee's claim, it still appears that not that every McDonald's doesn't carry the item, or at least they don't sell it to the public, but worth a shot. Next time you're going through the Mickey D's drive through why not ask for the secret cake? Mm-hmm. Right, Scott! Last but not least, for those of you who listen regularly, I am, um, well, I frequently bring you the offerings of Kenneth Copeland, famous televangelist. For example, he gave us, speaking of the anniversary of when the pandemic hit, he gave us this gem. If you'll recall, I blow the wind of God God. on you. On you, you are destroyed forever. You are are destroyed forever, and you'll never be back. And you'll you'll never never be back. Thank you, our God. Thank Thank you, our God. God. Let it happen. Cause it to happen. That is Kenneth Copeland during one of his shows, services, whatever they call them. 
praying, actually blowing the coronavirus away. How'd that work out for us? In that vein, I bring you a man named Preacher Andrew Womack, who, by the way, uh, reportedly has to have said in the past that God would cure COVID-19 by turning off the virus receptors in our body and that only people who are not devout Christians can catch the virus. Eh, not so much. Here's his latest account. Have you ever dealt with mildew in your home? Mildew? You know what it is, right? It's that smell. It's sometimes... It's like green. It's a residue. Yeah, it's not... Tele-evangelist Andrew Womack, this is how he got rid of a mildew problem in his house. Seriously. You know, real quickly, we need to take questions, but real quickly, when my wife and I first got married, we were poor and we lived in a house that wasn't insulated, and so we had a gas heater on the inside to keep the place warm, but because there was no insulation, the walls swept. And in the uh, closets, especially where it was dark and stuff like this, we just had mildew everywhere. And you know what I did? Instead of taking something and cleaning it off and repainting or something, I took Deuteronomy chapter 28 and read it. Mildew, you are a curse. Then I turned over to Galatians 3.13. I'm redeemed from you. And I spoke to mildew and cursed it. And did you know it went away without me having to clean it and do something? It was a curse. And I rebuked the curse. And I got free from that. Praying away mildew. Look, it's worth a shot. Might save you a few bucks when it comes to cleaning supplies. I just put that out there. You do with that audio what you will. There it is. A Friday Wagnerless Show edition of Great Scott. Texter says, have you guys ever heard of go to bed with the chickens and up with the roosters? Go to bed with the chickens? I don't, I guess I, I don't know. Have you? I have never heard of that saying. <laughs> if I haven't heard of the last saying, I'm sure I wouldn't hear this saying. Here's a little sound effect for you. Oh, see, exactly. And then you get up and you go tend to the... But if I had to hear that and that woke well, me up, that's worse than like a blaring alarm. Yeah. All right. Now, hang on a second here. Chris from Brookfield. I worked at McDonald's and unloaded and kept track of uh, the truck, the truck the deliveries. They have cakes at 60-plus locations, including Sussex and Oconomowoc. You can order any time, but usually they are for birthday parties. The hidden gem is the bag of ice you can buy for a dollar. So I want you to try this. I want you to go to McDonald's this weekend and order a birthday cake and a bag of ice. Yeah, that's far from Port Washington, though. I'm not going to drive to Sussex or Oconomowoc. Well, just try the one near you. Maybe it's a secret menu. You never know. It could work. So do you think they would sell birthday cakes? Let's say if you don't want to have a birthday party at McDonald's. Like you want to bring one home. And let's say it's your birthday or somebody else's birthday. Like, are you, can you just like walk into McDonald's and buy a cake? Well, I, I think some I, that that's what you got to find out. That that that's the that's the investigation we need. I'm just saying. You want to go down a rabbit hole of some interesting things? Look up. I've done this before. Look up secret menu items or or hidden menu items off the menu. Things you can order at some of your most favorite famous restaurants. You might be surprised.
at what's out there. All right, quick break. When we come back, Erickson for John, Eric and Melissa Barclay. We'll get a preview of Wisconsin's afternoon news.